Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alt Left. This is episode 93. Uh, I am your host, Chris. With me is Jordan from the 805 Uncensored Podcast. Yo, yo. And uh, joining us is Drew. How you doing? So uh, if you'll notice, Matt is not here today. Um, he's been on hiatus for a few weeks. If anybody's listened, to, if you're following our Twitter, you already know what's going on. Um, he's just had some family emergencies been coming up, and he is focusing on his family, does not have the time uh, to be hosting a podcast every single week. Uh, so he has unfortunately left us. It's not a personality conflict. You know, he, K and me are actually really good friends in Meatspace. Uh, he just doesn't have the time to host this anymore. So he is taking a step back to take care of his family. Uh, and so Drew is actually going to be coming in to take his spot. And we're going to make K sweat a little bit because uh, Drew's as left as I am. Yeah, I'd say you're probably still a little more to the left of me, but it's pretty close. <laughs> it's, it's by it's by hairs, man. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Like, I think I'm a little quicker to the guillotine than you, and that's about it. That's definitely fair. I don't think we're quite there yet. We're real close. And by real close, uh, I mean within a decade or two. Maybe. We'll see. We'll find out one day. It's a joke until it's not. Yeah. So, let's talk about some lefty stuff. Kay the Liberal isn't here either. So, uh, we've got, uh, it's me and a couple of Ancoms. Um, who are we eating? <laughs> well, I mean, there's the usual rich. Uh, obviously, you've um, obviously you have Elon Musk with his uh, usual shenanigans, which we don't really need to get into because I'm sure everybody's following that. But when the time comes, his head is going to be the first run on this mic. Oh God, I am so looking for Twitter to completely implode and him having to surrender his CEO ship to someone else, and then fine, and then just see how it gets spun of like, oh, I'm too busy saving the world because I'm the smartest man alive. Why doesn't Grimes love me? <laughs> Speaking of which, the 805 Uncensored is now officially off Twitter. We are actually doing the same thing. It's another announcement I was going to make. Uh, next episode, we'll have the links and everything up. Um, I am building a Discord server, and we're going to have everyone follow us on Discord, and we are also bouncing the hell off of Twitter. Because it has just become a fucking Kanye West Nazi-loving hellscape. See, and I've been super far ahead of the curve by never joining in the first place. You know, I never was on Twitter until the podcast, actually. The podcast is what made me get on Twitter. Same um, here. Same here. Yeah. But it, it, to be honest, it did kind of build my following. But it's, oh my god, Twitter is so fucking toxic, especially when it comes to politics. It really is. I, I, I made this account, and then I was having too much fun trolling Ted Cruz. And so then I made a personal <laughs> account, and it was literally a troll account just to, it was called, it was Comrade Chubbs. And it was just to fucking troll politicians. Uh, that one I've already taken down. And yes, the alt left will eventually be leaving Twitter, but I promise you, everyone who's listening, we are going to have links up on where to get a hold of us, get onto our Discord and all that good stuff. Um, and it'll be up for a while before um, before we, we leave Twitter. We're not going to just bounce. That would that would, that would would be irresponsible. That's something like Jordan would do. Yeah, so, damn, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's an anarchist was... move. Yeah, right. <laughs> But since we actually have a lot of crossover in our listenership, uh, what is how can people get a hold of you on Discord? Uh, on my Discord? Yeah. If someone wants to get in touch with the 805 podcast, how are they going to – or not a Discord, but what, what are you guys doing for social media? 
Oh, I'm on Instagram still. Very much active on Instagram. 805 Uncensored Pod. Uh, I'm now on TikTok. 805 Uncensored Pod as well. Um, and we're also on YouTube. All right. So go find 805 Uncensored Pod and send him pictures of your butthole. He wants it. He needs it. Um, and interact. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So before we talk about our main topic, which is going to be uh, Native American issues, um, we have got to talk about this train strike. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all going to be on the same fucking page, but this is horrifying. We are watching another Reagan move all over again. Took the words right out of my mouth, Chris. Yeah, most definitely. Um, So anybody who hasn't been paying attention or following what's going on with the trains is basically um, the the unions that run the train industry have a a decent uh, uh, job set in terms of pay and benefits, that kind of thing. The thing they don't have is sick pay and fucking time off. And what this means is that if they get sick, especially during a goddamn pandemic like COVID and they're out for a week, that burns all of their fucking sick time. They have to start tapping into vacation time. And that doesn't even count into what your actual PTO is supposed to be for at that point. Um, And secondly, these guys are on call 24-7. They can't go on vacation. They can't go visit family. They can't do anything because if they leave town, turn their phone off, whatever, on their day off, and they miss an on-call, they can be fucking fired. And the union can't do anything about it to save them because that's part of the contract. So they've been trying to get this contract, and the only thing – it's easily solvable, basically. Uh, The four major train lines need to simply hire more people. By hiring more workers, they could easily cover this. No one would have to be on call. They're claiming a worker shortage, but they're refusing to hire them. And they have made, again, just like every other fucking industry during COVID, they've made record fucking profits. They have never made money hand over fist like they are now. And they've been dumping it all into stock buybacks. None of it has gone to labor or anything else. And they they basically created a labor shortage and are now using that as an excuse to hold the workers hostage. So they were going to go on strike. Everything in this country moves by fucking rail. Like whatever doesn't move by rail and like moves by like boat and train and plane was still loaded by rail before it got there. <laughs> like when it comes into the port, it goes on fucking rail. The only stuff that goes on trucks usually is local stuff. It goes on rail for a while and then it gets trucked. Rail does a huge chunk of almost everything of what we do. The passenger railing is actually the smaller portion of it, but even that's substantial uh, because you think about Amtrak, like, no, no one actually, very few people use long distance train travel, but a ton of the working class uh, uses like metro rails in cities all over the country to get to work, to get home. Uh, And they're in the union too. And so they were going to do what a good union does and hold the industry fucking hostage so their workers can get treated fairly. And it was a big problem because that's going to fuck the economy over right before Christmas time, which is, you know, the point. And uh, the Senate had no problem the one time they've gotten together. Because, again, remember, this is Democrats and Republicans right now will not vote on anything. Biden could put a bill through that says we all must agree the sky is fucking blue and the GOP would absolutely refuse to support it. But for this one, we got bipartisan support. And they have now made it, they have now forced the workers to accept the deal that they made the first time without giving, which gave them a slight pay boost and is not giving them their fucking sick time. And it was originally going to give them seven days. They're not even getting that anymore. That yeah, they're getting one, out. and they're getting one day. Uh, yes. Yeah. There are six Republicans that voted with the Democrats to actually give the sick pay. And surprisingly, Ted Cruz was with them, but also Lindsey Graham, Josh Hawley, 
uh, John Kennedy of Louisiana and Marco Rubio of Florida. And so, I mean, you get to a point where even the most hated right wingers are on the side of labor. And even that's not enough to give the labor unions a win. It's really weird when uh, Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders are on the same fucking side. Yeah, it's we live in interesting times. So, yeah, they're getting one fucking day. They're not and nothing is changing about the on call. That policy is staying exactly the same. Um, so it's pretty nasty and it's pretty fucking gross. And now they're being forced to take it. And if they strike, they get fired and could even face penalties, um, which is fucking insane. No one should be done. This is this. Remember, this is Joe Biden who claims he's pro worker and the most pro union president we've ever had. Remember when um, all the libs said he was going to be the next FDR? Oh yeah, I remember that. And uh, hell, even earlier this year, he was holding the, um, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, to task for his treatment of the uh, farm unions because he was tended. Oh, he was tending to side with the corporations a little more, and Biden stepped in and said, "Now you got to go where the people are, and the people are in the unions." And then he turns around and pulls this bullshit. Yeah, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna go by libs, Biden fucking walks on water, dude. Yeah, that is true. Oh yeah, he 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 beat Trump, so he's basically Jesus. Yeah, he's he's just, <laughs> he, he's he squeaked by in an election. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you? So okay, so I am obviously I'm pretty sure I know all of us are pro worker. Uh, I'm I'm a filthy dirty pinko commie, so clearly um, I, I am engorged at the thought of unions. Uh, but what about you guys? What do you guys think about? You know, obviously, I know we are all in agreement that Biden sucks. But like, what do you guys think about union power in a situation like this? Where do we find that common good of we do actually have to protect an industry and feed people versus let the union strike? Like, where do you guys draw that line? Uh, what about you, Jordan? Start with you. Well, I mean, I think just this this crackdown on the workers by Biden is definitely a Reagan moment. Like you said, it's it's kind of terrifying. Um, the leverage was using the Christmas holiday and the holiday season in general for the workers to rise up. And the fact that the federal government just kind of fucking stepped in and shut everything down. It's, it's really scary. I'm definitely very much on the side of unions. And uh, I, I think that it's, it's a devastating blow at the time, but um, I think that there's still a, a wave of movement of labor uh, unions across the country right now. And it's, uh, despite this this negative um, aspect of the movement right now, it's it's moving forward in a in a in a direction that I like to see. What about you, Drew? Um, I would agree with that, and I would also say that yeah, it it would have sucked if the railway workers went on strike this close to um Christmas or this close to any holiday season when people are going to have uh, difficulty keeping warm and some people are going to have food insecurity and. That's what the trains are for. But at the same time, it has to hurt in order for the uh, workers to be heard and for unions to actually do their job. A strike or any sort of protest has to be inconvenient in order for people to actually pay attention. And I also agree with Jordan that I think the forward momentum that uh, labor unions have had in the past couple of years is a good thing, and I think it's going to continue. But I think there's always going to be pushback, and the only way that the federal government can currently do so is to push back against federal workers. There's always going to be that sort of pushback, but I think the tide is beginning to go in labor's favor, at least a little bit. I don't think we're ever going to have the 
gains that we had during the uh, 50s and 60s, you know, when the middle class was built up in this country. But I think we might be able to claw back some of that. I would agree. It seems like there's a rising movement of class consciousness. And it, given we're talking about the United States, so the bar is pretty low. But I, <laughs> I still I still think that um, there is a rising movement of class consciousness among the working class. Oh, absolutely. And it's being spearheaded by uh, mostly Gen Z kids or uh, younger millennials who look at the work situation and they didn't have to accept the first shitty job that we all did when we got out of college. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say as an elder Alzheimer ridden millennial, I'm so fucking pro Gen Z. It's not even fucking funny. Um, So, I mean, not surprising I'm a communist. I guess I am going to have the furthest extreme position on this one. Uh, But my opinion is fuck them burn it goddamn down they should blow up fucking trains they should sabotage rail train like tracks like i would love to see warehouses go down over this i would like to see major arteries be ripped up and derailed i want to see fucking power poles brought down over lines and i want to see bridges taken down like uh i want to see actual pain for this because that's what we have to remember. And there's this meme that keeps going around. It's one of my favorites. We're like, you know, remember how like forming unions and strikes was was the compromise we made to not drag the boss out in front of his family and beat him to death in his house? Like, yeah, they they've forgotten that. That's that that meme is important. And we actually have to remember that. That like this is the price of civility is that people and workers have the right to strike. And if you're going to deny them that then yeah, maybe you should be hung. Like, fuck you, the working class is the only one that matters, period. The ownership class is an affront to humanity, period. I do not believe that private property has a right to exist, let alone exert will over the individual or the collective, either one. And so this has already gone too far. Uh, with their refusal to do this, the fact that the Senate is in, I think that now opens the gate uh, to ethically use guerrilla tactics at this point. Um, I would love to see them strike anyway and face jail time, but I would actually like to see guerrilla tactics get used because it needs to hurt. The rail companies need to realize, oh, shit, if we do this, it's going to suck. If I shove my hand in a honey badger's ass, I'm going to get my eyes clawed out. And maybe I'll stop fisting honey badgers. And that's the lesson I want the ownership class to take. And I can agree with that. The issue that I see at the moment is I don't think things have gotten bad enough to where the workers will begin to use guerrilla tactics. I fully, I fully agree that that is something that they should begin to engage in. But if you look at the history of revolutions, things aren't quite bad enough for that yet. I think it's getting there. And I think that the majority of workers in the union are going to accept that, yes, we didn't get our pay time off, but we did get a bump in pay. So at least we can still afford to live. And just affording to live is enough to keep people quiet for a while. I would agree, Drew. The uh, The latest statistics that I saw indicate that about 41% of Americans right now are struggling to afford basic expenses. I think we need to push that that number towards like 60% for us to get towards that. Uh, more revolutionary movement spirit maybe even fucking less than uh, more than that because i mean if you really look at when revolutions take place like successful ones like the russian the cuban it, it tends to be insane the level of suffering i mean the french were dying in the streets before they were willing to revolt against the absolute right of kings 
and that, that I that, that's that's the most disheartening thing about being a leftist is you're right, but you're just right too soon. Is that if people would get off their fucking asses and burn a few things down, we could really stave off a lot of human suffering. Uh, but nobody wants to. Everybody wants to be at home and have their sitcoms and their TV dinner and be comfortable and be left alone. And until they have no choice but to either revolt or die, most people will only do that. And here's the thing. I don't think everyone needs to. Um, I don't think every single person needs to be lighting things on fire. But there's a place for everyone in the revolution. There is a place for people to bring food, to be medics, to be moral support, to to run zines, to be hubs online of information, like to, 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 to infiltrate the bourgeoisie. I mean, you can't have a slave revolt on a plantation if no one's willing to be in the house and poison the master. Like everyone's got a spot, you know, and that's the that's the question I get a lot of people like, well, yeah, but like. I'm, I'm, I'm 70 years old. I'm not going to go punch a cop in the face. And it's like, I mean, based you should, but like, I get it. And that's totally fine. Don't do that. But that's not your, that's not your job. You know, let someone who is, who has the will and ability to do that, do that. Um, but everyone can get involved and it's about making networks of, God, I sound like such a fucking anarchist. Jordan, you're probably loving this, but like, it's all about mutual aid and, and, and finding and establishing <laughs> systems of support um with each other because when shit hits the fan that's what you're actually going to fucking need is support systems within your community do you see yeah. that jordan <laughs> yeah, I'm, just I'm just fucking <laughs> laughing too hard to respond <laughs> no everything you said there is right and at the end of the day the only people that we're going to be able to rely on is going to be each other because i mean the cops aren't going to help us because why would they fuck the they're cops. not they're <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> yeah, I know, right? Unshockingly, none of us have a terribly high opinion of the police. They're not going to be on our side. Corporations aren't going to be on our side. The government is not going to be on our side. The only people that will be is each other. And unfortunately, the ruling class has also been able to pit us against each other through just enough rage to point at one another rather than pointing up where it needs to be. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, you know, a, a theme that runs through American history, especially. Yeah, I uh, mean, uh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, go ahead, dude, hit it. I was just saying, I mean, and all of us are like, us three are, are well aware that when shit really hits the fan and labor unions really start getting like revolutionary and militant, um, the right wing is just going to side with the, the state. Oh, yeah. And so the, they're Hands both just going just gonna to try to crack down on leftists. And so that's yeah. something that I think um, we all need to keep in mind at all times. Yeah, th those those fucking oath keeping gravy seals. They they as much as they like to talk about individual freedoms and being against the government, like no, they're 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 bootlickers just the same. Uh, and they absolutely the right will always side with authoritarianism. End of fucking story. They'll bitch about it all day long, and then they'll side with it. One hundred percent. So now, speaking of authoritarianism, Drew, talk. Let's talk about some native issues in this country. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about three Supreme Court cases. Two of them are actually related to each other because one of them nullified the other, and one more that is currently it has just been argued, and obviously they'll have the decision sometime next year. So the first one that I want to talk about was uh, called McGirt versus Oklahoma, and this was uh, undecided in 2020 where it was determined that the uh, Native American reservations in Oklahoma 
had the right to prosecute non-natives for crimes against Native Americans on their own land. And this was seen as a big win for Native American sovereignty, who, let's face it, have always had a history of being fucked over by the government over and over and over again. Yeah, because even like Native tribal police and stuff, even though it's like the state doesn't have it, individual states don't have control of land, like they're always still bound by federal law. Yeah, and even tribal police are limited in what they can investigate, even on their own land. I yeah. don't recall, but I don't think they're allowed to actually investigate any felonies that occur on their land, even amongst their own people. The permission that they have to police their own people basically only applies to misdemeanors. Yeah, they can, they can be traffic cops, and that's about it. Yeah, essentially. But anyway, so under the terms of uh, this case, there was a bunch of... Uh, well, people that had to be retried under the federal system. The uh, Cherokee Nation alone had said that they had about 500 cases that needed to be resubmitted to the federal courts for resentencing. So fast forward, and uh, um, then we have a new case, which is called Oklahoma versus Castro Huerta. Now, the uh, well, plaintiff's name was uh, Victor Manuel Castro Huerta, who was uh, convicted of child endangerment of his Native American stepdaughter. He was sentenced to 35 years under the new rulings from McGirt. The state of Oklahoma interceded on his behalf, saying that the Native American tribe should not have the right to unsentence people on their land because the state government should have overlap with the tribal authority. And unfortunately, the Supreme Court sided with the state of Oklahoma. So as a result, uh, Castro Huerta's uh, Conviction was overturned. He was immediately resentenced to the same sentence. He was initially sentenced to 35 years. That was vacated. The state resentenced him. But essentially what it did was uh, the court had said that, no, the tribes don't really have sovereignty over their own land. So that one is a little bit shitty, but kind of expected because when it comes to crimes of that nature, native uh, well, native crime is always often overlooked and non-natives doing uh, crime against uh, natives have always been a sketchy area federally. But in the last two weeks, earlier in uh, November, there is a case that uh, came before the Supreme Court called Holland versus Bracken. Now, this one is has to do with uh, Native American adoption. It has to do with the Indian Child Welfare Act, which was passed because essentially state governments and the federal government would just come in take a child away from their family and just pop them into a home, usually in a white home, or they would put them in like foster care or something like that. And it was something that was akin to, you know, the uh, cultural genocide that the Native Americans have been suffering for the past century. So this was passed, and effectively what it means is when a uh, own child needs to be put into foster care or be taken away from their parents, the priority will always be to either go to another member of that child's family, in lieu of that, another member of the tribe who is willing to take them in, in lieu of that, another member of another tribe to take them in, and if all of that is gone, then they can be put up for adoption within a non-native family. So the, this particular case has to do with uh, a Navajo boy was uh, adopted by a white family, and they later wanted to adopt his sister. The sister was already under the care of uh, her, I believe it was her aunt and uncle, but the state, uh, the state of Texas sided with her 
and decided to take her away from her child's family because they decided that this was discriminatory. It um, because it was a race-based qualifier for uh, adoption, the white people were being discriminated against from uh, adopting this child. It has gone to the uh, Supreme Court, and if the majority sides with them, basically all uh, what it's going to do is completely negate this law, and we're going to go back to where we were 50 years ago of the government just coming in and deciding, you know what, this child belongs in with a white family, so we're going to take them. Yep. And that's going to become fucking legal. More than likely. The majority, especially in the particular court right now, is probably going to go the same that it did in, in uh, Oklahoma versus uh, Castro Huerta, where uh, the five to f- it was a five to four majority uh, decision with only Neil Gorsuch siding with the liberals. And that's probably going to happen again, because Neil Gorsuch, as much as you can hate the guy for so many reasons he at the very least has always been on the side of native american sovereignty because he points out again that the federal government has constantly fucked over the native americans and why should they ever trust the government yeah he's right about that i'm surprised that he has that opinion but he's right neil gorsuch isn't a good he's not a good leftist at all but he tends to he tends to bring a lot of sanity to the supreme court he he's a he's a cold glass of water which is very strange considering that he was a Trump appointee, but he was, I think he was the one that uh, they just gave to Trump and said, yeah, put this guy through and then you can pick whoever you want. Yeah. He, he was kind of the concession before they realized what they were going to be able to fucking get away with. I mean, this is really his, his, historically significant because what it really does is, is bring back a lot of slave era and founding father era stuff. Um, and even predates that. So there, there's this, there's this political concept called paternalism, Right. Uh, it's also been known as paternalistic benevolence. And it basically it's a political theory and it's kind of this idea that like more civilized people um, can take the reins and uh, can control another group of people for their own good, right? This isn't like an American thing, right? This is just fucking white nonsense that has transcended all nations that were imperialistic. And it was used by the Spanish. They were kind of the first ones to really do it. Uh, And the French and the British used it a lot, too. They used it to control, rape, and kill and enslave people, starting with Native Americans over on this continent and then later importing African slaves. And it was all done under that umbrella term, right? And, And, you know, so like like post-Civil War, right? Once slavery transformed from chattel slavery to punitive slavery, because let's be fair, like it never ended. No, of course We not. all know this. Yeah, we all know the 13th Amendment. Like slavery did not end. It just changed and transformed from chattel slavery to punitive slavery. It's all it was. It then became this this paternalistic benevolence or, or paternalism uh, was used to put Jim Crow laws in. Um, that like, you know, black people in America were just poor, they were illiterate, they didn't know what they were doing, and they just needed good white people to control them so that they could live normally. And the, the slave master used that, that, you know, before people would literally say like, but look, we brought them Christianity. That's the most important thing. So that alone justifies conquering them and enslaving them. And this is the argument that was, and this isn't just like ancient history either. Like this happens in modern day. This is what uh, uh, South Africa used for apartheid. Um, they would actually talk about like their curfews for black people and that kind of thing. It was no, it was to protect them, keep them out of trouble. That was always the reason, right? 
And you know, these are the indigenous people of South Africa. They were using it on. And, and these were white invaders from Britain doing this. Um, and it's the same one that the U.S. used in South America in the 70s and 80s. You know, we used the Bush doctrine to fight communism and completely destroyed South America. That was paternalism because these countries were fledgling and new and they were fresh democracies yearning to breathe free. And they were under the choke of the Bolsheviks, right? And it was always this same, you're a child, you don't know what you're doing political theory. And what's really funny is like, is like some of the greatest like left thinkers of that like old Victorian era that brought us this stuff or pre-Victorian area uh, were against it. Like like people like John Locke and John Stuart Mill, these like huge British philosophers were super against it, right? Like th these are guys who built the liberal era of liberalism in agriculture, and they were completely against it always. They thought it was fucking garbage, and they thought it intruded on human liberty. So even like wealthy, privileged people have been against this. And it's, it's, a, it's a method of control by imperialism. And it, again, it was especially used on Native Americans. You know, we have this idea of manifest destiny. That's because God has given North America to Anglo people to conquer and use and settle. And that always comes at the expense of the indigenous. And we talk a lot about the transatlantic slave trade and about chattel slavery for black people in america what doesn't get talked about a lot is what happened to native people long before then you know african slaves weren't even thought of originally natives were used I mean, cortez did that when he fucking conquered the aztecs the first thing he did was enslave the shit out of everyone um, the Spanish really started that the French and the British kicked it off too. And they ran plantations with nothing but native American slaves. And it wasn't until, um, all the white slaves started dying. And even a lot of the, uh, native American slaves started dying. In the condition they started importing slaves because it was working really well in countries like Haiti, where they realized like, Oh, there's a whole group of people who we've taken from some really harsh climates and have thrived in like Haiti. And they're basically almost kind of a eugenics program. Let's put us work them to death on rice fields and tobacco farms, and then eventually cotton plants. And it became easier to simply buy import and breed uh, black people in America than it did indigenous because we already had genocided them. But had there had, had slavery not been competing with genocide, uh, I think we would have seen an even longer period of Native American slavery in this country. Yeah, most likely. And like uh, even here in America, the uh, Catholic Church enslaved the Native population and they built all the missions that we all had to learn about in school. Now, we didn't learn about that in school, but that's what happened. Yeah, you learn about how the missions are old and, and who built them and how long they've been here. You don't realize that they were a literal tool of Catholic imperialism. Um to, to bring about, uh, again, more slavery and more kidnappings and more rapes and all of that. Yeah, and to be fair, I will unsay this as a student of history, and Chris, you being a student of history, know this as well. The initial part of the genocide was entirely unintentional because the Europeans brought over diseases that the natives didn't have. So when European colonization actually kicked in full swing, the Native American population was already on its way out. It had already suffered from the prevalence of European diseases from the first explorers that got there. So already yeah. about 90% of the population was gone. And then the Europeans came in and systematically over a couple of hundred years finished the job. 
And funny story is that is a common theme. Like, first of all, that's how Cortez defeated the Aztecs is brought over plague. And most of them were dead or dying when he actually invaded with his conglomerate army of Mayans and other other sub- subservient nations to the Aztecs. We immediately turned on. <laughs> yeah, but even before then, people, you know, it's a common trope by white supremacists um, that, well, Clearly, white is the master race because white people conquered the world, conquered black people, conquered indigenous people, blah, 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 right? It's literally because the Great Plague didn't hit Africa until later. And so, and it wasn't, it wasn't bubonic. It was actually a different plague. What people don't realize is that Africa sported the world's first international sea trading empire. Like, Rome was destroyed by Africans. The Carthaginians did this. If you've ever heard of Hannibal, Hannibal's one of the greatest conquerors of all time. Brought fucking elephants through France, came down and conquered fucking Rome. Decimated their army. There was three Punic Wars. Rome just happened to survive the last one. But he had them on the fucking coals for his entire life. Africa was not a force to be fucked with. There's a reason it wasn't conquered. It is a giant continental landmass. Like, yeah, conquering Asia. Like, again, <laughs> sure, you know, the Mongols did it, but they did it because they invented horseback archery. Like, there was a fucking singularity moment that did that. And it's an, it, it, and even he couldn't pull it off. So to conquer Africa is impossible. Giant landmass, tribal culture. Uh, they had technology. They had amazing civilization. They had great warriors. Like, they knew what the fuck they were doing, right? These dudes were not going to get killed by some pasty white bitch in metal armor from fucking Spain. It wasn't going to happen. And then, literally, the entire fucking western coast of Africa was ravaged by a plague that destroyed an entire generation of people. And then the Dutch showed up with firearms and came into a dying, a handful of dying nations and, and you know, divide and conquer use kind of a Caesar tactic. But that only happened because of plague. Like, that never would have happened. It was literally coincidence that finally this thing happened, and then Europeans struck while the iron was hot. Africa could have absolutely conquered Europe in the Dark Ages. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they didn't, because the one thing that if you really want to give it to the white race, they're fucking opportunistic bastards. Um, And that's what brought about the transatlantic slave trade. It was not this idea of superior technology, superior culture. No, the Dutch invaded during a plague and used that to their advantage after a generation had been wiped out and that kingdoms had fallen. There was no organizational crops had failed, that kind of shit. That's when they invaded and took over. And then again, once the, once a European imperialist nations got their feet in the door, fucking game's over. It's, it's like farting in an elevator. It's, 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 you're all fucked. Um, and that's why, how and why that happened. And so it was the same thing. That was a really long diatribe. But it's it's just funny to me that, like, it's commonly used as these conquering tactics are used for white supremacism. And really, opportunistic is the only thing you can really put on that. That it's always through germ warfare and accidental germ warfare at that, uh, that Europeans have been able to enslave and colonize. Yeah. I mean, this isn't related to biological warfare, but... In the last century in the United States, we pretty much have this new excuse where we just say that every country that we don't like has an illegitimate election or has an illegitimate president. And then we can just go in there and either send boots on the ground or just fucking send in whatever president that our country wants. 
Yeah, we don't even need to send in boots and, oh, anymore. We can just send money or drones. Yeah, or drone strikes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. So, like, what was it? Um, Columbus Columbus shows up, and the Arawaks must have just been like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, they must have just been so confused. But then you read the history, right? And they bring him food. They bring the entire crew of ship food, like bread baskets, fruit baskets, etc. Just welcome them with open arms. And then what does fucking Columbus and his crew first think? How can we subjugate these people? How can we immediately enslave them? Yep. That is exactly what it is. It's like, oh, look, some people we can fucking kidnap. And that is exactly what Columbus did. Again, this is, you know, this was news a long time ago. Now everyone fucking knows what a piece of shit he was, thankfully. Unfortunately, not everybody. Not everybody. But enough people. The, the the zeitgeist information of Columbus has swung towards the accurate finally. Um you know, Pocahontas was raped, kidnapped, and died of syphilis in England and wasn't even had her body returned. One of my one of my favorite aspects of Pocahontas, uh the Disney movie that is, not the woman. Not from the real history. one. <laughs> not the Wait, real that one. That wasn't a documentary? No. <laughs> Uh, she she chose John Smith, really. <laughs> the other dude was fucking jacked. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't white. <laughs> no, but like that's that's what I'm saying. Like she she really would have chose fucking John Smith. <laughs> yeah, not claw tatted up buff dude. Yeah, nope. She needed Mel Gibson's whiteness. Again, well, yeah, it's always just oh, it's always just uncivilized. Uh, it's for their own good. I mean. Andrew Jackson used the same justification when he broke, when it was one of the first times that he broke treaties with uh, the Native Americans and kicked the Cherokee out of their lands in Georgia and walked them to death across yeah. half the, the country. trail of tears. Well, yeah, and he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's quoted as, I mean, he's quoted as saying, and there, there's actually a historical argument as to whether or not he actually said this. But it's kind of like Marie Antoinette let them eat cake. It is. It will never be known for sure if she actually said it. There are credible sources that she did and credible sources that she didn't. But it's the same with Andrew Jackson. It's why he's the worst president of all time. Because even if he didn't say it, he still said it. Or the actions indicate that he said exactly. it. Exactly. He, he said it one way or the other. Uh, it went before the Supreme Court, and they said the removal of, of the natives from Georgia was illegal, and that he couldn't do it. And he is he's historically known as saying the Supreme Court has made their decision. Now let them, let's see them enforce it. And then he sent a fucking army in. Because back then you could be a cowboy president. And that's what he fucking did. Sent the goddamn U.S. Army in and walked the Cherokee Nation to death across the country. Yeah, and that sort of thing happened over and over again with the U.S. Army. Happy Fourth of July. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that taints uh, Sherman's legacy. I mean, yeah, he burned down the South, but then he also burned down the Midwest. Yeah, Sherman was not perfect. I will cheer on anyone burning down a Confederate, but I won't say he's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But I can admire a thing he did. Yeah. And and it's, again, and that translates to even Uncle Tomism, you know, something else I want to be. Today, we are, you know, you're not going to see, people aren't going to hear this for a couple of days, but we are recording this on Thursday, December 1st. And today is the day that Kanye was on InfoWars, acting like fucking Sam Jackson in uh, Django. And he was 
cringier than even Kanye's used to. He did not hint at white supremacy. He did not praise Trump. He went on board and said that he likes Hitler and that Hitler was a Christian. And so he's beyond reproach and that Obama was another Jewish president, not a black president. And that also he likes Nazis. And actually, when when Alex Jones said like, oh, the Democrats say we're all evil Nazis. And he's like, you shouldn't use evil and Nazi in the same sentence. Kanye fucking said that. Um, and he has become so fucking unhinged, but this is the guy who in 2015 said George Bush doesn't care about black people. Like, just remember where this guy has shifted to. And it's like, yes, I know there's people who defend him like Trevor Noah, who are like, look, he's just got problems. And he's, this is a mental health issue and that kind of thing. And here's the thing. He's right. Kanye needs some fucking therapy and some fucking meds. A plus. Absolutely true. hundred percent. But he's not taking them and he is causing harm and that's i think the difference between your shitty uncle at thanksgiving who just needs a good smack and kanye who needs to be sent off on the iceberg well yeah and there are millions of people who have bipolar disorder who, who don't are do not this. anti-semitic who do not espouse yeah. fucking praise for nazis and hitler yeah absolutely bipolar disorder does not excuse any of this and and these are not symptoms of bipolar disorder him becoming unhinged and going through a crazy manic episode absolutely can be attributed to bipolar maybe but his thoughts and beliefs do not yeah exactly you can't uh, attribute his rabid pro-nazism and his anti-semitism to the fact that he's not taking an ambient yeah no the fact that he's not taking his meds is why his filter's been removed the garbage coming out of him that's all him that's who he fucking is. That's exactly who he is. And I will say it was really satisfying to see just the look of dawning horror on Alex Jones's face when that uh, Kanye got a little bit of a head, um, headwind going and it was like, oh, God, I actually have to rein somebody in. <laughs> yeah. The guy who's complaining about water turning the frogs gay was looking at Kanye like he was fucking nuts. And he'd gone too far. This is the guy who says Handy, Sandy Hook was a was a farce and had crisis actors. He thinks Kanye's off his fucking rocker and had to backpedal for him. It's fucking weird. But my point stands that regardless of whether or not Kanye is in a crisis and needs medical attention for his own good, it doesn't matter. Because Kanye has a following and an audience and he is emboldening dangerous people to do dangerous things. People who are going to go and harm Jewish people and harm queer people. Like, no. If you are if you have that power and that ability and you're using that platform to cause harm, I don't give a fuck what you're going through. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure Elon will step in and reban him from Twitter. <laughs> He's been well known to do the right thing. <laughs> And that's going to kind of be it here. Um, so remember, uh, Kanye West is an absolute Nazi-loving piece of shit. The American government committed genocide in every single place you step on this country is fucking stolen land paid for in blood and death. And America is a terrible place, and it was never fucking great. And also support your local rail workers and help them do whatever it takes to achieve respect and a living, not only just wage, but an actual dignified job and let them have fucking time with their goddamn families and it'll be okay we're going to get through it together build communities with your fellow working class members jordan before you go shout out again all your social medias and where people can find your podcast 805 uncensored is on instagram and 805 uncensored pod we're on tiktok at 805 uncensored pod as well uh, 805 uncensored podcast on youtube 
and we're available on all the major podcasting platforms. Also, if you want to send me a question or if you have any guests or ideas for episodes, uh, shoot me an email, 805uncensored at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Um, All right. And then we will see you next time. Thanks for being here, Jordan. Welcome to the show, Drew. And um, until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and don't forget that the revolution is you. Thank you.